to live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's Articles of News, and it's episode 438. Uh, Brother Kyle is here, and Mr. Mayor himself, with actual news about Mr. Mayor. I just want to start there. I am very proud to call you friend. You, Ooh, you okay. <laughs> now, now let everyone know why I would be proud, because normally I wouldn't be. Like Kyle I, and I, I re- not proud at all. <laughs> nope. Yeah, not at all. But, yeah. Um, I released my book this week. And uh, all my family and friends gathered together and pushed me for, it was only for a few hours, but still pretty cool uh, uh, on Amazon, pushed me to number one on Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints books or LDS books on Amazon over the weekend. Wow, that's pretty cool. I missed, I was only a few hours and I luckily I, I got on just to check, see how things were going. And I'm like, it says number one. I'm like, screenshot that, because yeah. that's not going to last <laughs> yeah. very well. Yeah, because once the family buys the book, the number one quickly becomes number 100, which quickly becomes not showing up on the list. But that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's early for a Christmas book, and so that's all family and stuff. So th- uh, there will be a bigger official launch um, early November, um, and this is just kind of – the getting it on Amazon, there's a there's a period of time you wanna kinda have to spend time working on Amazon to figure out the search keywords and what what gets sure. so I'll sure. spend the next few months working that out. Well it's all it's all the things and uh, you have to get your audio book uh, yep. ready to roll. We, yep. Are you are you recording booth it? I've built. Are yeah. you recording it? It's your voice? Well, that's the intent. We'll see how it sounds. Uh-huh. And then and then I might be calling you. Well, all right. I, I mean, a, a couple audiobooks have taken place here in the home studio, so I'm perfectly willing to uh, to help yeah, you well, out. Or if you want to come out here and visit, you're welcome to use the studio. So there's a chance we might be there in November first and stuff. So we'll see. It's very less like at the moment. What is the title of the book if people want to check it out? Called Tales of a Paperboy, A Christmas Story by Andrew J. Mayer. Is it just one story or is it a collective? It's it's one story, but there's a lot of little stories that the so it's about a young boy from Texas, Georgetown, Texas. Uh, his dad, his mom dies of cancer. His dad loses his, his job, so he has to go out of state to get to get a, a to get work. So he Daniel has to move home with his grandparents who live in Ogden, Utah. Hmm. So and then his dad forces him essentially to get a paper route. Um, and on the paper out, he comes across all these retired people on his street and they each teach him something different about the, the Christmas season. So yeah. talks about Santa Does he Claus use the funds from this job to buy shoes for his mother shortly before she dies? Okay. <laughs> 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 no. True story. Is this like par- partially, uh, is it all fictional or is it from real life experiences from you? It's it's fictional, but there is some autobiographical stuff. Like I was a paper boy in Ogden, Utah, growing up, and I got to know. My mom always would say I was the worst paper boy that everyone loved because I took me forever to deliver my papers because I was talking to everyone. Mm. I was always spending all the time, and I learned all kinds of stuff like tie flying. I learned. You know, I, I was I was given. I was learned how to um, build stuff. I I mean. These, these these retired people want to teach you anything and I was happy to learn and so I took that idea and parlayed it into a, a story about Christmas which isn't the same 
and and this happens in like a period of six weeks that happened over like a period of like three years mm. so very different and my mom didn't die at christmas and my dad didn't lose his <laughs> so that, that's all fiction. but you so, did buy but, her shoes though correct um <laughs> i've bought my mom some shoes before nice but my mom's still alive okay. so it and i was the guy behind you in line ticked at how long it was taking <laughs> for you to count out the but change that's only because i was writing a check <laughs> sir i want to buy these shoes how long is this going to take how long how <laughs> come on okay, okay, come on they're just awesome. some shoes. We'll we'll have a link in the show notes for this episode if people want to check it out. Uh, it's what paperback and probably ebook. Is that the deal? Paperback and ebook. Yep. Nice, nice. All on Amazon. Cool, very cool. Uh, you know what I want for Christmas? A signed copy, please. You're gonna get one sooner than later, actually. Well, uh, a signed copy, please. Yeah. When with I your... get my author's copy, you're gonna get one with your signature. Yeah. Well, actually, I was gonna have I was gonna have my neighbor sign it. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> One of the retired people taught me how to forge signatures. So, uh, What's new with you, Brother Kyle? Uh, I am living uh, fancy free, walking around in my underpants, because I'm now an empty nester. Oh, that's right. Kid went off to school. My son moved out uh, a week ago up to Immediately campus. Immediately you put on your underpants, and that was it. You're just like, yep. He's gone. <laughs> Shirt comes off, pant comes off. Oh, I thought you were saying then you put on underpants. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> he's I been walk going around the house. for years. <laughs> yeah, so he he is uh, he's off to school, and uh, and so now uh, I've turned his room into storage for my eBay store. Okay, I didn't real <laughs> I didn't realize you had an eBay store. Is it stuff that you sell? Well, I realized that I had a bunch of crap in a room in the basement, mm -hmm. uh, and so I brought it all up, and I'm like, now I'm going to sort it out. Uh, and just sell it because I have a lot of stuff and it would be, be good to go uh, towards his tuition, which is paid for. So that basically it would just be for me. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to sell, sell a bunch of stuff and it's all over in his room. And he's like, Dad, what if I need to come back here? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Isn't that the definition of eBay? A bunch of crap in my room in the basement? <laughs> that is exactly what it is. Yeah. It, it's actually an acronym. Did you know that? <laughs> eBay? Every basement... It? at your house <laughs> that was fast yep <laughs> uh, yeah that's true uh what kind of crap anything good anything good uh, i should buy it's mostly bike stuff okay so probably not stuff that you'd want do you have a water bottle uh i, I got some water bottles i could throw on there maybe do a lot sale yeah, you know yeah, like there, a dozen because i know uh if you get a pro bike you, you get a you get a fancy water bottle. It's not just like your mama's water bottle that when you squeeze it out, then it goes <laughs> as it tries to get the air back in so you can get more water. Uh-uh. No, you need a good, high-quality one so with lots of teeth marks on it from me. <laughs> Gross. You, do you mark it down or up because of your teeth marks? Uh, I mark it down Okay. 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 because it's just me. You know, completely unrelated but awesome. If you signed your teeth marks, they'd go up. I'll yeah, just, I'll have you sign them. Yeah. There you go. Actually, Noted yeah. author. <laughs> Noted author. <laughs> Number one for an hour. Uh, that seriously is pretty cool, though. I, I was I saw that and I was like, no. Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, do you guys know about Amazon Warehouse? I don't. So I so you probably ordered something off of Amazon <laughs> before and said, Pooey, I don't need this and sent it back. Well, I guess, and I didn't know this until just this last week, Amazon Warehouse 
is a site where it's all the stuff and they sort of like sketchily guarantee it. But you can go and purchase it. And, and a lot of times it's just like someone got it and either someone else had already given it to them or they, they decided they didn't need it. And so they just sent it back. But Amazon Warehouse, man, some of the stuff like 50 to 75 percent off, depending on what you're looking at. Obviously not so the big ticket all stuff. my cleaning house over the last few, I can totally fill all that space back up again, but I just got rid of all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. More Amazon stuff, warehouse. more stuff for eBay. Now you guys, I have to take a quick pause because the guy fixing my sprinkler line, he just <laughs> waved at me through the window. It'll take two minutes. So I'll let you guys do whatever you'd like and maybe I'll edit it out at the end, but I'm going to take a quick step away as I go pay the guy who just fixed my sprinklers. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, so if it sounds any different, it's because I just had to step away. I'll tell you what's going on with me. I had a uh, leak in my sprinkler line. Now, here's the deal. you have, If you have a sprinkler line, uh, Kyle, your house, would you pay a guy to fix it or would you fix it? Like you knew you could fix it, but you know that it's 100 degrees where you're at and that would it take a few hours. Do you bite the bullet and pay someone or do you do it? Well, it's not the temperature. It's, it's the, and I know how to do it. I know how sprinklers work and I know how that systems work and to fix it. But uh, beginning in my youth, when my father would fix the sprinklers, my father, a, a devout uh, LDS fella, always, you could not be a better man. But the number of times I heard him drop the F-bomb <laughs> were only when he was fixing sprinklers. And it's because you will spend hours and you'll get it connected and you will have it glued and then you'll wait and then you'll turn it on and yep. it will spray all over. Yep. And yep. so I don't want to use that word. What about you, Mr. Mayor? Uh, I, I always try to fix it. I just recently did it in my backyard. And it always does the same thing. Oh, this is only going to be half hour. Yep. It's yep. never only half hour. Yep. <laughs> it, you know, I started digging. It was going to be real quick. And I come across this huge rock. And it's and then I the sprinkler that I need to change is like now intermixed with these roots that are going on. And I'm like, it took me. I ended up abandoning it that day mm -hmm. and then coming back the next Saturday to do <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And this was a big enough of a leak that I just was like, man, I could probably figure this out. What is my time worth? The only thing that I'll say is the the guy had to go to the store twice and I had to pay him for the time that he went to the store. And I just wanted to be like, hey, oh. hey pal, keep supplies in your truck. Otherwise, like, I feel like I paid you at least one hour of travel time. Right. But it's over. So assuming and, it and that's the only thing is that I've I've told many, many young people, if you want to make a good living and not go to college, do sprinkler repair. Yeah. How long did it take him to get there? A month? And then he's like, oh, how about ten thousand dollars? Right. And I'll be there in a month. <laughs> right. Well, to this guy's credit, it took him a day. I called him last night and he came here first thing this morning. But as you guys realize, it's the afternoon. So I paid him a bit since it took him that long to get it. Let's take a break, you guys. We've got a lot of news because we didn't do articles of news last week. A lot of news to cover. We'll come back and do that in the second block of the Cultural Hall. This is Kurt Frankum from Leading Saints, and I'd like to take a moment to visit the back row of the Culture Hall to let you know of an incredible virtual conference we are putting together. Have you ever had a deep desire to make room for LGBTQ Latter-day Saints in your local ward and community? but don't know the first step, or maybe you've served in a leadership position and you want to set a strong example of inclusion, but aren't quite sure where to start. In order to help, we are putting together the LGBT Saints Virtual Summit in order to help Latter-day Saints better minister to our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. 
We've selected more than 20 presenters who have professional experience, personal stories, and leadership perspectives who will help all of us be better prepared to minister to LGBT Latter-day Saints. This is a great conference for family, friends, and ward members of LGBTQ individuals. It begins September 8th, and you can register by texting the word LEAD to 474747 or visit leadingsaints.org slash LGBT. Again, text the word LEAD to 474747 or visit leadingsaints.org slash LGBT. Hey, this is Dan the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. It's our ultra-mega back-to-school blowout sale. We have hundreds of thousands of dollars of ultra-high-quality laptops and desktops on sale for up to 50% off the original prices. We've got demos, scratch and dents, trade-ins, and funny-colored computers. It's crazy! Remember, you get a lifetime service guarantee on any PC Laptops brand computer. That means if you mess up your Windows or you get a virus or spyware, it's covered forever. Got an old yucky computer? No problem. We'll take it in on trade and we'll transfer all your pictures, music, and all your stuff to your PC Laptops computer for free. When you get your computer from PC Laptops, we'll make sure you're taken care of for a lifetime. To make it impossible to resist, we're doing 12 months special financing on any PC Laptops desktop or laptop computer. Have I lost my mind? Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. It's time for the second half of Articles of News. There will actually not be a third block this week. We're going to do news until we've hit an hour. Uh, and you can always count on the Cultural Hall to do that news every week. Uh, one hour episode, plus we do the interview episodes as well. Uh, more prolific than any other LDS-themed show available in podcast form. Although all the other ones are just podcasts. And there's a distinction, so think about that for just a minute. There is a difference between a show and a podcast. Everyone can have a podcast. This here is a show. Let's do some articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And which one of you would like to start? I'll start. Um, uh Yesterday, um, the more uh, says Mormon leader backs peaceful effort to combat racism. So Quentin L. Cook defended, um, uh, you know, defended people uh, for their peaceful peaceful efforts to overcome racism. So he backed that. Um, he also made sure to establish that you know as long as it doesn't infringe on religious um, freedom, um, and he also spent some time espousing criticism. Um, for those who criticize it, uh, Brigham Young for espousing racist ideas, he he backed them so that he, they were more of a, a reference to his time that um, than it is that he was wildly racist and that he had very um, strong feelings, good feelings towards uh, black people as well as uh, Native Americans. So he he spent some time trying to kind of bridge that gap a little bit, but mm -hmm. he definitely one of the main things to get out of it was that he was. He was backing efforts to overcome racism um, 
peaceful efforts, though. It's interesting. So that particular talk from Elder Cook of the of the Quorum of the Twelve is part of it's. Uh, I think it's called Advancement Week at BYU right now. So they have week long, like uh, essentially like convocations, big talks. That uh, as an employee of BYU. Uh, I have had to attend and listen to, um, and the professors have different ones that they have to do. I'm not a professor there, so I haven't been privy to that. But it was, I mean, his talk was probably 35 minutes, and it talked about uh, race and race relations more than perhaps, I don't know, any other talk. Uh, Sands, maybe President Nelson's, you know, you need to repent if you feel like you've been racist talk of a couple months ago. Um and, and, and it was it was a thing that I came away from and I went, OK, uh, I need to know more about what religious freedom is. So look for that as a f- upcoming episode. Right. We hear that with Elder Bednar recently and he did his big thing that uh, upset some people. I know some people are, are upset about Elder Cook and what religious freedom uh, may underlie some of those things as well. But uh, even as recent as today, I was sitting in another um in another one of these um, meetings with uh, one of the administrators at BYU and a great portion of what he talked about was about, Hey, we need to be inclusive to uh, LGBTQ folks, to um, black, to Hispanic, to uh, you know, all of these, everything we need to, anyone who might be minimized or feel like they're not seen or that they're not heard uh, an extra sensitivity to it in a way that like last year, I think we talked about how did you guys like breakfast? So it's night and day, um, a, a difference from what they're doing, but, but I appreciated it. And also for some reason, as I came away from it, I, I was thinking this, this feels like elder cook might be a little Democrat. E. You know, you never know those people, right? You yeah. Never, it seems like you never, you never know what their political bent is once they get up in the quorum of the 12 anyway. And even though you kind of suspect certain things. So. Sure. And I, and I know from uh, reading an article recently that someone said that, uh, and, and this doesn't matter, but it is interesting that uh, Elder Uchtdorf uh, goes and aligns himself with both parties, depending on uh, if he wants to vote in the primary, etc. You can see if he Only registers. I like Elder Uchtdorf for that. Yeah, that's how that's how I do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't like the par- I don't like the parties. I mean, I don't hate the parties. I just don't like feeling like I have to. Like I grew up with a dad who basically said, "You can't be a good Mormon if you're." not a republican Mm -hmm. and that concept and idea is is terribly hurtful and awful actually because it it basically eliminates so much so many ideas out there and it it usually draws it down to single issues right Mm -hmm. it's like you can't be a good you can't be a democrat because they believe in abortion well you know what there's a lot of other issues out there than Mm -hmm. just abortion right so you know that's just a terrible way to look at politics and the, and there's an there's another one of the apostles i wish i could remember who actually is a democrat a registered democrat and i can't think of who that is and then also while i was googling this it came up uh about how elder faust who used to be an apostle uh, until he passed he was a uh a, an outwardly spoken democrat so it's possible um i think by and large most of the brethren are registered republican or, or you would find them voting republican but not all and worth noting, uh, I thought that this was a particularly interesting story. You guys might have seen this. A Muslim mechanic is filing a discrimination complaint against Bradshaw Chevrolet down in Cedar City, Utah. That's southern Utah for people who don't know. 
Alan Goodson says that he was constantly harassed and eventually fired after telling his co-workers that he was converting to Islam from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The complaint was sent to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and Utah Anti-Discrimination and Labor Division. Goodson said that he often heard his co-workers making racist remarks about Muslims, which is one of the reasons that he decided to learn more about the religion and then eventually converted. He says they were ta constantly talking about Muslims being terrorists, Muslims beheading people. Anytime that a customer would come through the shop that basically wasn't a white man, these are the types of comments that would be getting made. I tried to pride myself as being someone who will investigate things as thoroughly as possible before making a decision on it. So it's interesting. And the thing that I want to ask each of you to kind of weigh in on, do you think that the issue was more that he was leaving the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or more that it was Muslim that he was, or Islam that he was converting to? What I, I would ask this, because I haven't seen his picture, uh, does he look like he would be from the Middle East, like he would be Muslim? Uh, or is he... His name doesn't sound like it would be. Yeah, and I, and I don't want, and that's a good point, and I appreciate knowing that, but d does that matter in the case of it? Like, do you no, think, no, but do you I wonder if that brought out that racism in coworkers. Uh, I wondered if that was a factor in it. I truly wonder if it, so this is goes to the Mormons behaving badly kind of comment because there are a lot of people who struggle when people leave the church and then they, um, and so if you're, if they already have kind of a racist bent and he leaves the church. Well, now it just, they, they just lay into him and, and, and that's, uh, that is back to the whole, uh, elder cook thing. the, the church for a long time has looked the other way for this kind of racist underbelly growing in, in certain areas. They didn't, they didn't definitely say, you know, they, you could be racist or not. They just stayed away from it and they looked the other way. Mm -hmm. Well, it's allowed this kind of feeling to grow in places. So, and I think that's likely they probably already a little bit of racism feelings, but when they left the church, there's just, that's just a, I think that's that's the spark that that started it all. Well, and and to me, the thing that I think is curious about it is, is it more? Do we make a bigger deal if people just stop going to church in general? We go, oh, they lost their faith and they don't go anywhere. Or do we are we extra offended if someone says, oh, it's not the Mormons, it's the Muslims, and convert that way? Are, think, are, are we I sort think of the injured? Human nature is that way. For some reason, it's okay if someone just stops going to church. But I, I've seen this time and time again. But if they go, if all of a sudden they're a Baptist, that's a bigger no-no than not going to church. I, that doesn't, that always has blown my mind a little bit. Or they join the Catholic church or join, you know, I think people struggle with that. They, they, they draw an enmity between that person when they join another church. Yeah. What do you got, Brother Kyle? Uh, so Utah County is uh, an area of northern Utah which uh, encompasses kind of the southern area of the Wasatch Front. So it's, it the, is, it's the southern part of the northern area. Very clear, Kyle. Provo, Utah uh -huh. is the area. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually just did a spin class where all the music came from Utah County. So, <laughs> okay. But anyway, that's not what the story is about. So uh, in Utah County is, in this article, it says that it is uh, as, as high as 80% uh, of the LDS faith. I don't know if that's correct, but it sounds about right. It's very highly 
uh, LDS as opposed to other. I wouldn't challenge that. That's, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Uh, the area, once the, the LDS church came out, this is a story about Prop 2 and the use of medical marijuana. Uh, when, it, when the church came out, uh, they had kind of a stance against Prop 2. And because of the LDS community there, they were all against it. Uh, they, they, you know, the commission voted out, voted against it, on and on, very much against it. Well, now Utah County is the highest county in Utah for medical medical marijuana cards. They hold 44% of all medical marijuana cards in Utah County, hmm. which hmm. I found very interesting. And I don't think that's bad at all. Utah County also had, I believe, the highest rate of uh, prescription drug uh, abuse hmm. issues. There. Same thing with opioid. Yeah. Opioid prescription drug abuse. Yeah. I saw a documentary, what, two years or three years ago on that. Yeah. Happy Valley. Right. Isn't that what that's yeah, called? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was longer than that. Maybe yeah. It it's been about years. five years or so. I was going to say what one came out two years ago, uh, but, but absolutely. So, so do we think then if uh, Utah County Happy Valley is, um, rampant as far as opioids that people are saying all right i'm off the opioids and getting prescription marijuana is that the ass uh the, the assertion that is kind of the way of looking at it hmm. uh you know there are some uh hardcore whose whose bristles are up saying well no this is going getting into the wrong hands it's going to the black market kids are getting it from their parents you right. know, it's being resold right. or something right I, I would hope i don't think that's the case i think it's exactly like you said where uh, maybe it was something needed there. It, you know, there, there's a whole other set of issues we could branch off into why this is. I don't know. I'd rather, if the kids are going to steal drugs, I'd rather it be marijuana than opioids. Right. I think that's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because this is not there. It's not a like a parent. You have prescription of anything, right? The right. kids steal the dead. Definitely well, more deadly. And it's not like they're stealing. It's not a bag of weed in their parents' room that they're stealing. This is a very low dose cannabis, uh, prescription that they're filling well and as i understand it too as far as uh use within the church you have to uh either ingest it as part of edibles or oils you can't smoke it and be in line with the the church as i understand right you can't vape it or smoke it it's correct all- and the churches uh does condone it they are they're not against it but exactly as you said there's some uh, kind Under of ground the direction rules of it. your doctor yeah sure prescription that, that kind of stuff, stuff. Uh, well, since we're going to talk about weed, let's talk about beer, shall we? Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Budweiser wants to be Utah's official state beer. I don't want to talk too much about this, but, uh, people, I thought it already was pe- people got all sorts of like, uh, you know, riled up because, uh, as part of this Budweiser can that has been designed, um, there is the, like the church office building, or maybe it's, uh, you know, the uh, City Creek, right? Or they've also got a guy fishing in the river. They've got Delicate Arch, and part of it is the temple. And people are like, a temple on a beer can? Here is the deal. Let me let me feel, fill everyone in as far as this goes. So Budweiser wanted attention, and they said, hey, we're going to do this in Utah, and you can, you know, you can tweet online and use a hashtag. It's like Bud for Utah or something. I don't know. I don't even want to give it out. But here, that's what you do. You rile people up, and how you can do it is say, Utah, we're going to make a state beer, and here's a picture of the temple, and it's the state beer of Utah, and all the things, and people will up in arms go crazy about it. Well, I will say this. 
based on when I was in high school, it is the state beer of youth sneaking, sneaking <laughs> and drinking for well, the first time. Okay. Well, and and I thought for sure there's some sort of like weak bear beer joke in there too, because we have to have the the weak beers in the in, in the, the state of Utah, although not as weak as we used to. Um, you know, like a watered down beer, of course, Budweiser would be. But then I realized I've never drank beer. I have no idea if that's even accurate. And so I could make a joke and we'd all laugh. But then quickly someone would email us and be like, well, you know, alcohol by volume, blah, blah, blah. Some email that I don't want to read. Yeah. Uh, and I'll hit just another quick one, too. Um, you guys remember a few months ago, I talked about the TV show The Chosen. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's essentially just... It's made like a TV show, but it's available through VidAngel on their app. Uh, They have one season, and it's free to watch. What they do, though, is they ask you to kind of pay it forward and uh, and donate money so that someone else can see it. Um, They are doing a second season. It's all about the life of Christ based on the New Testament. It's not a production of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, You can hear a previous episode... um, with me and Dallas Jenkins, where we talk about it for a few minutes. And I'll actually include that link in the show notes. Um, but they are going to use the uh, the set, the uh, Jerusalem set from down in Goshen. Or as I heard someone who's not from the state of Utah on a news outlet the other day say, Goshen. Uh, but, uh, but pretty exciting. Cool to see that that's going to be used and that there's going to be a second season of that. The music is great. Um, some of the acting leaves something to be desired. But for the most part, what a great production about New Testament Jesus. What do you have, uh, Mr. Mayor? So th- there's a lot of things we're losing because of, of COVID-19 and in, in this 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, and you know, the biggest one I think came this week, even though we knew it was coming. The Mormon Choir Christmas concert canceled due to the pandemic. Yeah. So it's over. No lottery ticket to get your lottery. No October late night sitting um, trying to get your tickets. It's just not going to happen this year. But I like your suggestion on Facebook, Richie. We should get together and watch Mr. Kruger's Christmas as a we and we really should i yeah i 100 percent think we should do it absolutely we will we'll record it we'll watch it and then people can like we'll just tell them when to hit start and we'll talk about it as we go and so the thing is i think that it's on living scriptures i'm nine i am 90 percent sure that it's there probably would be we'll we'll back a mr kruger's christmas with uh nora's christmas gift we'll pick a time And a day where we can do this and we can all just sort of be in a big, you know, online chat and we can say catty things about old church films and just celebrate the Christmas. So Christmas, I wrote a Christmas book. So, you know, I'm a Christmas fan. So Mr. Kruger's is one of my favorite. And it still chokes me up when he's in the the, the cave at the end talking to the baby Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. even just thinking about it makes me cry. Yeah. It's Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart for crying out loud. I know the you know, net- Michael McLean directed it. This Michael McLean is um, the guy, Forgotten Carol's guy. Um, I did he, not know that he directed. He directed that. it, wrote it, produced it, did all that. Yeah, I that did was not Michael know McClain. that. Interesting. Uh, what other thing do you have, Brother Kyle? Uh, so, if you've ever been to church, I've been, uh, uh, yes. Have you guys ever been? Uh, you might have seen. Uh, it's been a few uh, months, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. You remember church? Church. Mm, okay. <laughs> Let me start the story over. Back when we used to go to church around here. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
we we might have noticed that those of you uh i think this is just a like utah idaho wyoming uh there are works of art by famed latter-day saint uh artist uh sister tykert yeah minerva is her first name minerva tykert uh and she is the artist behind the the pictures that you see in your ward building when you walk in in the foyer when you're uh tired at sacrament meeting and you're like i gotta get out of here you walk out and you pretend to still be there but you sit in the foyer Mm -hmm. those pictures out there that art is hers Uh, some of them yeah many of them uh particularly in in the this area of the west uh, and this month, Northern Utah, Idaho, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this month, representatives from the Faith Church, that's ours, uh, Church History Museum in Salt Lake City, were told to bring them into the headquarters for for preservation and security. Uh, so several in an East Salt Lake City stake have already been removed and replaced with uh, digital reproductions, so prints uh, of basically the same thing, uh, and uh, as have the two in Tiger's own home. Uh, it from Cokeville, Wyoming. Um, so they've taken it in. Evidently, they're uh, trying to keep them safe or they're, they're, or they're worth something. And so it kind of raised the question of who owns this art? Is, mm-hmm. it, is it the church? Is mm-hmm. it the, the artist? Or, or who does that? And, and the, the grandson who they asked of, of this sister said, uh, well, it, it belongs to the church. So the church is so le- where they are right now. So just leave them there. Mm-hmm. So that was just the kind of question it raised. Who owns these and what do we do with them? Why are they taking them out? Really? Right. Are they really taking them out to make sure that they're safe? Okay. But I mean, she, she painted them. She wanted them to be there. They've been there for a long time, but maybe they're worried, you know, there is, I don't know if it's an uptick, but there is the occasional like church vandalism or church burning. Maybe just the age of them, you know, and they just need to be taken care and preserved for future generations. I, I don't know what their real thought is, but it seems like that sounds like reasonable, what they would do. Well, there are, con- there are conspiracy theories because they are not, Always. they're not the approved uh, prints that can be in the foyer and chapel. And so some people have thought, okay, wait a minute. They're taking these out. Is that what this is? As some sort of like, not well, necessarily like censorship, but the, see the same <laughs> pictures in, in Japan as you do in, in Utah, right? Yeah. But for anyone who's ever uh, spent any amount of time in Salt Lake, especially other places as well, when you go to some of the old chapels in Salt Lake, they're not like the newaday chapels. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some that have like the first vision in stained glass behind the pulpit, and they're amazing. It's great to be able to have that stuff. And, and I worry that we sometimes get a little too vanilla. It's standardized. It's, uh, you know, all it, it's the same everywhere, but... In that, we sacrifice some of the local things, and in, in particular, uh, Sister Tykert's paintings, to that chapel. They should probably go back, but if they can't be safe, definitely be able to be on display for you know, people of that community to be able to see because she donated them there, not to the church in Salt Lake, not to the museum in Washington or New York or anything like that. I just hope that, you know, that, that that's able to continue. I, I hope so because I don't see they, – they say, you know, because of the value – I. I don't know that they're hugely valuable as like you could take them and sell them on the black market, but to that community or to that chapel that has that original work of art uh, and an original, it's uh, that adds a lot of value to it being there more mm-hmm. than is I think financially viable. Yeah. Uh, if it was in your stake center and you were always seeing it as you walked in and it's something, you know, I mean, 
it would it would be a shame to have it out of your community and to have it not there anymore for and it just sit especially if it just sits in a storage unit somewhere yeah so clean it up and get it back out there get it into its fighting shape and let's do this thing uh there is a lot of news around political stuff do you guys want to dive in there for a minute yeah i've got some of that too all right uh why don't you kick it off brother kyle and i'll interrupt you in awkward ways as you talk oh sure uh this <laughs> so this week uh this uh, this past week was a democratic national convention and uh uh, in a national in a national virtual event, a parade of church members uh, stepped forward to back uh, the the Democratic candidate, uh, Mr. Biden, uh, and he, he says we can all publicly agree that Donald Trump isn't good or right. Uh, said uh, Abigail Woodfield, she's president of the BYU College Democrats. Who knew that was a thing? You bet. Oh, Andrew, can you believe that? Uh, I, <laughs> I see this election as a way to correct what is good and right in this world. Um, so they they had a uh, they have this this group that is uh, uh, as, as there is for also for uh, our current president running for election. There's a group for him, uh, but there's a group of Latter Day Saints, uh, and and even even crazier, it's it is run by a black woman from BYU. Really? Yeah. I, I wasn't uh, aware of that. This is that's the LDS for Biden is run by a black woman. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And 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 meanwhile, uh, a Latter Day Saints for Trump coalition has removed the picture of the Salt Lake Temple from its home page. Yeah, after coming from fire <laughs> from yeah. using the image. Well, there was a visceral reaction when people saw the temple on the Latter Day Saints for Trump. They said, "All right, listen." We know that there is a, a group for both sides, and there was before. There was an LDS for you know Obama and an LDS for Trump and an LDS you know that all those things have existed before. They happen with every election, but for whatever reason, having the the uh, Salt Lake Temple, people went, "Oh no 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 that that <laughs> that is not okay." And That's they going too far. And they ended up taking that down. And I think you know. For the most part, I think people felt like that looked like a church endorsement. And as much as yeah. we joke around and say, you know, you can't be a good Mormon if you're not a Republican, they go to great lengths to make sure that they say, listen, we're not of a particular party. We don't block vote like we used to. Let's just, you know, you guys dictates of your own conscience. Try and vote the values that you that you feel like are espoused within those different candidates. Uh, however, my favorite thing around all of this was the dummy site uh, <laughs> Latter Day Saints for King Noah, which I, I didn't see <laughs> that, that which <laughs> got brought up, and I just loved it. It was a parody of the elder uh, the Latter Day Saints for Trump page, and it had you know f various characters from um, the Book of Mormon. And when you click, what the, a good year for that too! Or oh my god! And come follow me. Yes. And, and 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 it was brilliant in that, and it's still out there. Make sure that you follow us for all of these stories, um, both at theculturalhall.com or anywhere on social media. But what they should be called is not the you know they should just be called shortened it to the Kingman. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> but but it had to be a parody of Latter Day Saints Four. Yeah. Um, but like the join tab took you to a part of uh, Church of Jesus Christ 
org that had uh, a, a part of Alma that, you know, talks about uh, joining with, you know, wicked abominations and stuff like that. And then if you were donating, it's like, take your money and spend it on concubines. Like it's scripture as well. It was very, very well thought out, but also timely. Like they saw the Latter-day Saints for Trump. Next day, the Latter-day Saints for King Noah was up. So is it you, just you, or do you, are because we're talking right in Come Follow Me right now about Gadiant and robbers and uh-huh. stuff, and do you, do you read that on Sundays and whenever you're reading throughout the week and then look turn on the news and go, isn't there something similar going on? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like there's guys, uh, guys. parallels going on? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, on and both then... sides of the aisle, by the way, because I am... I am nonpartisan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see it all, all over the place, especially Arizona. I mean, I know Jenny Oaks Baker, she posted that she got to play when uh, Vice President Mike Pence came down. And there were a lot of people, if you don't know who Jenny Oaks Baker is, she is the daughter of Elder Oaks, the next in line for the church. And a lot of people thought that it was a virtue signaling uh, on behalf of the Oaks family that she would be there so that, you know, obviously... The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So Elder Oaks would be voting for President Trump and Vice President Pence. And and a lot of people took a lot of umbrage with the fact that she would post that being a public figure and, and especially a church figure as far as that goes. The Internet is a terrible dark place where you can share any opinion you'd like. <laughs> But just fascinating. Let me do a couple quick ones. Uh, if you you guys ever had your name put on the temple prayer roll, like uh, Don't hey, know if I have, like uh, hey, I'll put your name in the temple for you. Well, it used to be that you had to call up and say Andrew Mayor, and they'd say Schmandrew Care. No, 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 Andrew Mayor. <laughs> and the spell bro- that for me, please. I R. Right. Wait. What? Now, and you can find the link to this uh, both at uh, churchofjesuschrist.org or in the links in the show notes for this episode. You can do it online. Simple and so easy as I, that. I'm, I want to build the, the next level, the app, where and, and not just not just as you can literally have facial recognition in it. You can walk around with the app on your phone, snap pictures of the person, and it'll upload, find their face on Facebook or whatever, and then upload their name. Like, And it would be totally like, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray yeah. for you. Boop, 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 <laughs> pray boop, for boop. you. <laughs> it's just like an Instagram story where you have the little pop-up box. And, it, right. and it, that's all that the app is, is who would you like to pray for? Boop, 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 beep, yeah, boop. we can build a whole social media platform. I'm, I'm telling all, you. All around us. The new Instagram I saw a very funny thing that I was hoping to replicate. Um, it's uh, it, it's from a place like The Onion, but it's not The Onion. Um, but it's this man going to a third world country, and he has a big box of um, Facebook-like thumbs. And it's like, um, man delivers your Facebook likes to the poor and, uh, and unfortunate or something like that. And I just was like, man, someone's got to be... Someone's got to come up with the thoughts and prayers of that as well as he's taking this big box of thoughts and prayers. So funny. Uh, this, this is quick as well uh, and a little bit old. There's no more Ensign. Say goodbye. Oh, to yeah. the, say goodbye yeah, to the gone. Ensign. Uh, we'll end ke- of an era. Oh, oh, oh. The new era is gone too. Yep. The end of an era. Sorry. Well, and there was the improvement era before that. Uh, what there, about the friend? Uh, we still get the friend. We okay. get for for the teenage kids. For the strength of youth, and now uh, where there used to be the ensign and the liahona, it just is the liahona. It's going to be tra- trans. Uh, I almost said translated. 
transcribed, translate, yeah, translated, right? Yeah, translated. That's the word. It sounded godly, too godly for me. To sound like you're taking way. the Urim and Thummim and translated. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah. being translated into like forty plus languages. It'll be mostly the same. Uh, there will be some like colloquial local things. Like South Korea will have like their couple pages that will be specific to South Korea or Korean, I guess, in general. Um, and various languages will have that kind of adopted as far as that goes. But no more ensign or ensign, so we don't have to have that fight anymore. It is just Liahona. And also interesting to note that uh, they would get rid of ensign because the name of LDS Business College got changed to ensign mm-hmm. as well. Right? We're just we're just not rebranding things. That's what we're doing. It is not rebranding. We're just branding something again a different time. But it is not <laughs> a rebrand. What else? What else do you have, my Brother Kyle? My temple is opening up. My oh, temple yeah? phase two. So San Antonio Temple is amongst 20, set for phase two reopenings, um, 15 across the U.S., others in Canada, Brazil, Switzerland. So check out that. You can check, see if your temple has been moved to phase two. And what phase two essentially means living ordinances for, um, you know, for the living. Yep. So no, you know, if you need to get married, if you need to get sealed, um, if you need to do baptisms, whatever for the. And, well, you wouldn't do baptisms. And also, yeah, because that's for the dead. Uh, but it's also like if you're going on a mission and you haven't received your endowments yet, that's phase go. two. Where in phase one, you couldn't. You could only get married in the I, temple if you had already been endowed. They weren't I doing. I should ask our missionaries if there's any, because we had this whole flux of new missionaries come in. And I, I don't know if they, some of them might have been unendowed and they might be able to. I, I should ask a missionary see if they've heard anything about that i wish you would and that list is always being updated typically they update the list on mondays uh so you can find what's being announced find that link in the show notes for this episode uh president russell m nelson says that the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints has now participated in 757 coronavirus relief projects in over 137 countries oh that's pretty awesome that is really awesome. Uh, there's a really sweet story about a Utah couple who met on the first day of seventh grade. They were married for 70 years, and they passed away within 13 hours of each other. Now, Man, let me... I just want to write a book about that. Like, it sounds like a Nicholas Sparks Yes, novel. yes. I mean... They passed away, and the geese flew over the pond. Oh. And if he was a bird, <laughs> she was a bird. Say I'm That's a right. bird. Uh what I loved about it, his name, Robert Jimmy, uh, Robert Eugene Holdaway. Not a big deal, right? That's just a regular kind of name. Her name, Kamora Golden Holdaway. Gordon Holdaway. Wow. And I just was like, Kamora, huh? Hmm. I bet she's a member of the church and she is. That's a beautiful name. Beautiful story. Uh, what other story do you have, Brother Kyle? That's all mine. Okay. Mr. Mayor, what do you got? So I've given all mine up too. Okay. Uh, the except for the one that I didn't want to do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, we'll get now there. Now we have to. No, we'll get there. We'll get into the behaving badly, folks, of of all this. I want to make sure that yeah. I got all the good stories. I want to get all that out, and then you can be like, listen, if I just wanted to be uplifted, shut this off right now. <laughs> oh, I got one more good one. Uh, the church historic sites are offering virtual tours. Missionaries serving in those places. And also pre-recorded tours are available. Some are done by Zoom, some just by video. But you can see the Joseph Smith birthplace, the Johnson home, the Grandin building, Carthage Jail, Historic Nauvoo, Independence Visitor Center, Liberty Jail, the Mormon Battalion in San Diego, 
the uh, Winter Quarters, the Priesthood Restoration Site, Sacred Grove, St. George Tabernacle, and Temple Square, all available online. If you've never been, you think you may not ever go, check it out. This is awesome because, like, I'll, I'll, I know that, like, it, locally, our church is like, what, what do we do for activities? How do we get people together, but we can't get together? Well, this is a great opportunity. Get everyone on a Zoom call. Get it all scheduled. Get your Relief Society. Get your Elder Quorum. Go to one of these together, and then you can have a conversation afterwards and everything else. I think it's a cool idea. Yeah, and, and places that likely you may not ever be able to afford, and before you would have seen a video. But these are interactive enough that you can ask questions. Hey, what's that? Can you put the camera closer to that? What are those things? What, as opposed to just a video that you would watch. So now if, uh, if you feel like, Hey, I've been uplifted. This was a great uplifting episode. I'm going to invite you to, uh, to turn this off. That's it. Thanks. Thanks for listening. You guys are great. Cause now we're going into it. Uh, this first one, uh, we need to get an update from our friend Nate up in Idaho. Uh, but the headline of this, uh, Chad and Lori Vallow Daybell, Took Latter-day Saints' faith to dark places, says Christopher Blythe, a Latter-day Saint folklorist and historian. They killed their kids. That's the dark place they took it to. That He pled not guilty. Uh, I think that she has yet to plead, but they'll go to a jury, uh, a jury trial, and that's upcoming. And we'll get more. I can't imagine how they're going to get a good uh, uh, impartial jury on this one. I mean, I don't know. That's a hard one because yeah. everyone's probably, I mean. There's no one who, who's not going to have some feelings towards people who kill their kid. Well, sure. A and because it was so much in the news, especially in Idaho, and because... Or allegedly killed their kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, we should say allegedly. Uh, and But then also, uh, you know, church affiliation, membership, or not membership, depending on how you feel about it. Although they were attending uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Hawaii. Uh, they actively participated in that, so... I uh, you know I don't know I don't know so I don't know what it is about this story it's like I don't know I I can't stop reading about yeah, it it's like, it's like I I open up and check on it almost as much as I check on just Facebook and stupid jokes mm. I I'm just and there's no new updates every day but for some reason I'm looking for it yeah it just bothers me for for yeah. some I, it the deep the deepness of dark of darkness within it and then also too because it's like you could be in church. And, and I guess it just brings it to the forefront that the person next to you could be, you know, this this guy or this woman who allegedly like killed their kids. Leader. Yeah. Could, yeah. He could be your he could be your elder scorn president. Yeah. This from down Texas way. Uh, two Latter-day Saint missionaries are recovering in a Houston area hospital after a man invaded their apartment. These are sister missionaries. Four in the morning. Guy breaks in, stabs both of them multiple times. Um, they're both expected to recover, but I did. We have a is there has they have they come up with any kind of um, reason for any of this? I haven't. I haven't heard anything beyond the fact that they were stabbed. That uh, apparently they didn't know him. was what I heard, uh, and then also um, you know just the trauma and everything with it. But that they will be okay. Sounds like a random act of violence. Yeah. I mean, probably the guy knew that they were sister missionaries and they're very visible as far as that stuff goes. Sure. But I don't know a single um, parent of a missionary that didn't freak out that, you know, oh, yeah. that that could happen to their kid, son or daughter. And that and that happens. Um, I did find actually among all this news, uh, one more story that we can kind of break up the darkness. That is this last little bit. 
a Catholic publisher, has apologized for using a Mormon image on the cover of two of its 2021 publications. The Oregon Catholic Press said they used an image of Moroni. They thought, wow, this is just a beautiful artwork of, you know, a great angel, only to come to find out. Michael. They probably think it's Michael. They issued a statement after the painting Angel the Eighth, or Angel Eight, by Latter-day Saint artist Jorge Coco Santangelo, was placed on the cover of today's Missile Music issue 2021, and respond and acclaim. So, yeah, they just... And if you remember from a few weeks ago in the articles of news, we learned that Angel Moroni wasn't the original... It wasn't the Moroni originally, it was Michael, it was before that. Yeah, Gabriel, it was... Gabriel, yeah. So anyway, it was a weather vane so we could see which way the wind was blowing because that's how they did it at the time. Anyway, so interesting and 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 sort of breaks this up before we get to the story that you don't want to talk about. I've yep. got one more. I encourage people. I don't often do this, but I encourage people to uh, go and listen to last week's episode of Mormonland from the Salt Lake Tribune. They talk with Jennifer Roach, who is a recent convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who was raised not in our church, but recently converted. She is a former Anglican deacon. Uh, she was sexually abused by clergy growing up, and she thinks that we should continue to have those opportunities for one-on-one bishops' interviews. And uh, sh- certainly that is against what a lot of people feel, but they do a great discussion about how now parents can be a part of those uh, those bishops interviews if the kid requests it or if the parent requests it they talk a lot around why she feels like like they should be and it's just having that confidant uh, that person that isn't your parents where maybe you you know you're either being abused or you have questions but you don't feel like you can talk to your folks she thinks that the bishop or the clergy is this other you know adult she does talk about and I appreciated this that we need to treat bishops like the people that they are meaning, Bishops are not counselors. Very rarely are they trained therapists, but, you know, they're to help us along the repentance process. That's it. We're not supposed to, you know, for any reason, pretend that they're, you know, counselors, that they're therapists, that they are any sort of things that they actually are not. And she also, to her credit, recommends that uh, bishops should get more training, which I agree. Totally agree with all that. I think think it's an interesting issue because I think the people... They want the people against it, like they won't hear any other argument. And I think that there's some some truth to what they say. People are I mean, that's a that's a, I think it's a, in closed doors room could be a could be a scary thing. But if you could if you can keep it open, like have fa- family member in or have someone else come and protect both the bishop as well as the daughter, but a, a daughter <laughs> like it's only daughters. The yeah, the, me, the, the boys, the, the girls, the, the young men, young women. Yeah, the young men and young women. I think that I think it is good to have a place to, to be able to ask questions because I know when I was a kid, I didn't have any. I had to I had to ask my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of how I found out about stuff was someone heard something who told me something, and then I told someone else, and that's how it was passed around. Mm-hmm. There need to be some better ways to deal with that from a spiritual level on on a chastity level on how to how do I manage these kinds. Yep. Also, a great discussion as to what bishops should be asking about. You know, they ask about, are you living the law of chastity? And some feel like it should be that should be the end of it. And others feel like, you know, if there's something going on, they need to ask a follow up question. And you have a one or a handful of bishops that kind of go rogue on that. 
and quickly you have inappropriate questions being asked of our sons and daughters within the bishop's interview, and those things are inappropriate. So it's not a thing that, at least for the foreseeable future, that I think the church is going to discontinue, but it's definitely things that they have put in different parameters and guidelines, not only to keep the kids safe, but to keep the bishop safe. You have an accusation to a bishop, and very quickly, you know, that, that person's life can be destroyed. Similarly, yeah, you know, one mm-hmm. one incident of abuse uh, on a young man or a young woman, uh, and and that that life can be forever changed as well. So I think I think that there is a need to protect all parties if we're going to continue to do it. And the discussion's not over. Her point is to just say let's not just let's not be so quick to get rid of them. And you know, she herself is a therapist and a survivor of sexual abuse. So let's make them safer, and let's maybe do things like. Instead of just like say ask about charity and then digging in about all the gory details, maybe maybe taking a step back and have another interview and a time where you can teach about chastity. They can have some understanding, make sure that they understand. Then you can re-ask the question and say just chastity, right? Mm-hmm. That way they they can they can understand what they're this because if that's the qu- concern that they don't understand what they're saying when they say do you you know do you follow law of chastity? I think there's probably some deeper ways to do that as opposed to digging in into gory details and starting making lists of crappy things that you could have done to yourself (laughs) or to someone else. Yeah. And then finally this, and this is how we'll wrap out this week's articles of news. Brother Kyle, are you still with us? I'm still there. Okay. I'm going to ask you to maybe uh, refrain from making several obvious jokes here. Uh, Not going to say a thing. (laughs) I know it's coming. An Ogden man is in jail. Ogden, if people don't know, we've mentioned it several times within this episode. Uh, it's the I'm northern part of northern Utah. Uh, it's he, where the paper boy took place. Yeah. yeah. Allegedly. Originally. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, he's in jail after allegedly choking his son for refusing to go on a church mission. Hold on. <sighs> Scott Keith Warner, 49, remained in the Weber County Jail in lieu of his $3,900 bail. He is charged with aggravated assault and committing domestic violence in the presence of a child. Both are third-degree felonies. The the 18-year-old alleged victim told police that the two were arguing this past Friday. He told the father he would not be going on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He said then his father grabbed him by the arm and they began to fight. The victim reported that during the fight, he was knocked to the ground and Scott began to strike the victim's head into the wall repeatedly, as well as squeeze the victim's neck with both hands. The investigating officer said that the son had scratches on the right side of his neck and redness on the back of his neck, and the victim was visibly shaking while speaking about the incident and hesitant to provide details. Warner told the police that he tried to forcibly remove the son from his home as it was his home. This is my home. Get out. If you're not going to serve a mission, get out or I'll make you get out, he said. Asked how he had tried to get him out of the house. He said he grabbed him wherever I could. He told by the officer of his son's version of the incident, Warner said that the the son shoved him first. You know, he pushed me first. That great adult excuse that we have. (laughs) He said that he was injured. Look, as he pointed to his elbow. Look, he hurt me. He pushed me first. On his elbow? Yeah. The son told another officer that he struggled to breathe while his father allegedly was choking him. The affidavit said, police said that the victim's sister called 911 when she saw that Warner was choking her brother. Warner did not have an attorney as of the writing of this. Now, here's the deal. 
And let's spend one minute and then let's wrap this sucker out. Do you think he'll go on a mission? <laughs> I, I was just going to say, does it say in there if it persuaded him? Yeah. Did he change his mind after that? Yeah. Because it, it doesn't say. Huh. I. So The sadness for me is I know this family. And so I'm not going to say too much more other than I never, I never saw any kind of any kind of way that I thought this might go down this way. And it, it saddens me. And I have sent out my love to everyone involved because that's it's, it's really sad that that went on. Well, and t so to me, and I don't know that I've ever talked about this in the cultural hall, my son and I, we got physical on occasion, on one occasion. Now, I didn't choke him. The police weren't called anything like that. But uh, he hit me multiple times in the I head remember that. to the point that I got a, a black eye. We weren't arguing of, you know, he needed to go on a mission. He was being disrespectful, but I wrongfully, you know, sort of moved his hands away from mine. And then he, he just went after me. Well, I, I bring that up for a couple of reasons. One, uh, reparations can be made. The relationship that I have with my son now are great. We respect each other. It's a dark part of our past that we don't either of us like but that existed, but that we talked a lot about, came to grips with, and sort of moved forward. But it is 100% a, a, a thing that when we get into these situations, because we, we don't know the, the best way to deal with things, like thing, things can go from zero to a thousand in just that quick. And, and certainly we kind of joke around about whether or not that guy, you know, was going to serve a mission. And he could. He absolutely could go on to serve a mission. I don't think that that's the point of the story. It's a tragic thing. Uh, it's a relationship that will be hard to repair. Speaking again from personal experience, but just tragic that also that the sister had to see it, that it's founded in some sort of religiosity. Like, hey, you need to do this thing. I will compel you to do it. And and just just kind of sad. Just sort of a sad story. It is sad. And, and again, as I said, I hope, I hope so much for the family because I do know them and they're a really good family. Thank you for not making jokes, Brother Kyle. No, you made the joke. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, there's actually a chart I have here for articles of news episodes, Brother Kyle. And every time uh -huh. you don't make an inappropriate joke, I put a gold star next to your name. And, oh. <laughs> and, and if you get to 10 stars, I'll buy you a vegan pizza. Uh, uh, what are we at? Two? Yeah. Or one? Nope. Two. Star now. Am I up to two, two now? Yes. All right. I've been doing this. How long have we been doing this? Eleven years. Yes. <laughs> right. The next, but every time you every time you make one, you'll have it'll all reset. So yep. it'll take. Oh, yep. 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 You got to be uh, ten in a row. Ten perfect ones. <laughs> we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope if you are sick or afflicted, you'll be well, and you can listen next week. And then something about the back row. <laughs> oh, Andrew. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back, on the row, back row. Of the cultural hall. I have yet to get that right. I know. <laughs> Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row. We really gotta go on the cultural hall show.